need a double cheeseburger and hold the lettuce. Don't be frontin' son, no seeds on the bun. We be up in this drive-thru, order for two. I got so craving for a number nine like my shoe. We need some chicken up in here in this hizzle. Frizzle my mizzle, extra salt on the frizzle. Dr. Pepper, my brother, another for your mother. Double, double, super size, and don't forget the fries. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, um, I guess welcome to Dice Changers, a podcast where we cover topics related to Dungeons and Dragons and the greater TTRPG space. I'm your host, Aaron, and today we're joined by the bottom of the barrel boy, literally the first person who offered, last person I wanted, Matt Dinkins, once again here to everyone's dismay. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Just got insulted again on a podcast, but other than that pretty good now i would like to once again remind the audience that i simply read whatever my co-host has written for their introduction whenever they come on the podcast so hi matt hey aaron how are you i'm having a great time we had a wonderful little mcdonald's wrap and now we're now i'm reading out conversations fun times fun times i'm pretty sure you intended for us to both read that conversation I think it would have been better if we both did it in unison, but I don't know how possible that is uh, based on this. I don't, don't want to make it. E- I don't want to yeah. make it harder for you in post to <laughs> syncopate our con- like our speech at the same time because no, that, that would just that sound terrible. Total sense. But other than that, hey, I'm good. Uh, do I do my intro thing now? You didn't go go through the breakdown. I normally I yeah. There's normally do. a whole flow to this. It was show. like hey, bottom of the barrel, boy. You you, you don't get nothing. Uh, but but we anyway, did like throw off the flow from like normal from your from your McDonald's rep, which was fun, and I enjoyed this very much. So yeah, shout out to 2006 E Bombs World. Um, but uh, hi, I'm Matt Dinkles or Matt Dinkins uh, on Twitter. I make songs and parodies about D and D, Magic the Gathering, and other fun nerd core things. Uh, I just recently came out with a song called Rescheduled that you can oh, find on so Spotify, good. Apple Music, and any other music platforms there, and it's about rescheduling. Uh, games that you think you had time for, but in reality you didn't because, you know, life has to go on and you never get to do the things you want unless you properly schedule them. Uh, but go check it out. I would appreciate it very much. And I think you'll like this song. Hell yeah. It's a it's a really good song. I have it actually on my main playlist right now. Listen to it constantly. But thank you for joining me, Matt, uh, so quickly after the last episode. We only had one in between now and the last time you were on. So I feel <sighs> like the like audience I'm back at home. Yeah, exactly. They might they might be more familiar with you just because you were just on the podcast. Um, but today's episode, oddly enough, came about in a bit of an odd way. Uh, I wanted to talk about something in particular, but I didn't know who I wanted to talk to it about. And you and I just riff off of each other so well that I thought it would be a good idea for us to chat just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I'm how I'm here for it. So today we're doing something a little different than normal. We're doing a bit of a deep dive into a character archetype. Now, this isn't necessarily like a mechanical archetype. This is more of like a role playing of a specific character. And essentially what I did was I went to TV Tropes, the website that I recommend everyone use if they make creative content. I found the the list. Oh, absolutely. 100% fans of the show. They they love me so much. Please, TV Tropes, if you guys know that I'm out here, I would love to like collab with you, whatever. Um, but I went to the TV Tropes page for like archetypal characters, and I said, Matt, I want to talk about one of these tomorrow. Which one do you want to talk about? And you picked... Who did I pick? Because I don't know if we're doing the one I wanted to do. Or no, 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 no. no. We're, not, we're not talking like the character specific. We're talking the archetype. What is the archetype that you pick? Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry. My brain was like, I thought we were talking about the character, but uh, no, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Uh, I wanted to go with the reluctant monster uh, character archetype because that looked fun and interesting. 
the reluctant arch- uh the reluctant monster archetype i think is pretty interesting and i think could be very fun to play this in any number of ttrpgs including but not limited to dungeons and dragons um matt i'm gonna go ahead and cue you up here do you want to go ahead and read us what uh tv tropes defines as a reluctant monster all right so we're getting this right out of the dictionary um actually sponsored by audible.com the reluctant monster usually has no idea that they're a monster they're a member of a species that traditionally does nasty things to people but for them it's just never crossed their mind folks tend to scream and run away which is rather disheartening and lonely Completely off topic. Have you considered like recording for like uh, voice books, like audiobooks? No, I haven't. Um, because I make fun songs about card games and dice. Okay, so. I'm just saying we could diversify your portfolio as your actual manager. We could diversify we could, your portfolio we could do that. and get totally. you out there. If hey, any longtime listeners to the show, shoot me an email, dinklesva at gmail Aaron will respond. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I was about to say, like, wait a second, I have to answer those emails. <laughs> But hey, shoot it that way and we'll we'll check it out if you want me to read something. 100%. A little bit like, okay, now that I've taken my aside because your voice is just so beautiful and wonderful. The Reluctant Monster. Um, this archetype, I think, is very interesting in terms of like trying to play it at the table. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of this, because the, the important parts here, would you say they're A, they generally have to be monstrous in appearance, uh, and B... They have to not want to be that, right? Like, those are the two main things you have to hit, right? Yeah. I think in depending on how you're wanting to do it or how your table wants to do it, you can also change the visual aspect of it, um, where in most cases you look like a normal person, but maybe, say, in combat or something, like a, a blood hunter or something that turns into, like, a werewolf or a creature. Ooh, that werewolves. can be your, your monstrous form that you're reluctant Absolutely. to show and or be aggressive with. Um, because then it's like, oh, you'll play into the uh, the tendencies that the tradition of your reluctant monster falls into. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it, it's definitely something that is based on a visual thing, I think, first for most Absolutely. cases or most examples than anything else. So, yeah, you kind of like referenced it a little bit earlier, but one of the things we wanted to do was go through a couple of the characters that uh, TV Trope specifically has listed and maybe some other things if we can think about them uh, that would be good examples for this character archetype because we want to break down really with this character archetype just kind of what it is and how it's manifested in a couple of different mediums. And that way you potentially could try and play it at your table. Uh, So, Matt. Who are we starting with on our little list of uh, on our list of people to talk about? Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> Shrek's on the list, so we're gonna get going. Uh, yeah, uh, that's who we're talking about is Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> I love the reluctant too. green monster. <laughs> yeah, like on the list, we we did the name of the character, comma what they're from. So this is Shrek, comma Shrek, <laughs> Shrek of Shrek fame. Exactly. Of Shrek fame. You know, he really doesn't like it to go, you know, over his head too much. He tries to be very mm-hmm. humble about it. Shrek of yep, Shrek yep, fame. Yep. Um, but I think Shrek definitely hits what we're talking about here with reluctant monsters. Yes, he does. Uh, definitely with the start of... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said your sentence and then my brain disconnected. Because I was just reading the, the name Shrek twice. And then I was like, we said Shrek like 15 times. 
And so my brain kind of detached for a it moment. It wasn't even the disconnect. It and was then... what your face made when you realized that nobody was talking. I'm so sad we don't have video recording. Oh, I wish there was a visual component. Yeah. Oh. Oof. Oh, they won't even know this happened because I'm going to say I know. You, you can tell. Hey, future Aaron editing this. You can tell there's that gap of seconds. And just remember the face I made. I don't oh know. I don't know God. what it looked like because I wasn't looking was, at the camera. It was the most deer in headlights, like eyes wide. Like I was just like, oh, I got an improv. Hold on. <laughs> it's, like you, it's like you get home from work and you put your shoes off, and then you have to go do something else outside again. And you're like, Man. I, or I could be evil and just leave all on. of this in, just not edit hey, any can, of it out. I have nothing to hide. Um, except for this experience, please don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you do, it's fine. Um, but, uh, no, Shrek for sure is a character that, uh, in a lot of cases, um, hits home for a lot of folks because they want to be able to live their life and do the things they want to. But, uh, other people may not agree with what their, their life choices are, like using grubs for toothpaste. Um, and oh, he did do other that. monstrous things. Yeah, like thinking like eyeballs in a jar or something. Not Making like candles that. out of your no own one earwax. Should be doing that, I think. Know? Right? I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, he did do the earwax candle thing. Um, people probably do that. People probably pay for that, right? That's, That's a thing. Oh, uh, I'm I'm sure get somebody's into it. Let us know. Um, Sean, get in the comments. <laughs> yes, specifically, Sean, <laughs> hit me up. Tell me if that's a, if there's a market for that. Um, but uh, I think it's definitely something that. Uh, a lot of people can relate to when they're just wanting to live the life, do their thing. But then everyone else in this case, like the villagers are like, ah, the monster, let's attack it or get rid of it and um, do all these things. And Shrek's just chilling, doing his own thing. He really, the entirety of the movie came because everyone came to him and started messing yeah, exactly. with his stuff. He, he was, was just bullin', man. chilling. He was, he was vibing. Yeah. Steady, steady hanging in the forest, uh, woods and swamp. I think with Shrek 2, uh, Shrek and Shrek 2, actually, um, yep. Shrek the second film, because, uh, you know, Shrek is of Shrek, Shrek fame, well, but also of Shrek that, 2 no, the fame. Who did that? No, that's a squeakle. Never mind. Sorry. Squeakle from Alvin Those and are some yeah. reluctant monsters, for sure. Alvin and oh, the 100%. <laughs> um, but, like, that's I another think day. that's one of the big things from both Shrek and Shrek 2 is this um, kind of rejection of appearance and who he is, right? Because, like. Shrek 2, he straight up takes a potion to be a person. Spoiler for like a 20-year-old film. Oh, man, I was just planning to watch that. I've, it's a good movie. It's I've an instant classic. It. I've only watched Shrek, Shrek the Third, and Shrek Forever After. I never saw the second one. That's an inflammatory statement. I know. It's, it's, I feel like with that movie, I haven't seen it again. I have no idea what happens. But I feel like if there was a DVD version of that movie, they would have an entire little mini game where you got to play American Idol with all the Shrek characters. And they got to sing <laughs> songs. I don't know if that's a real thing. That'd be really cool if they did do that. But um, other, again, I haven't seen the movie. Don't know. If definitely that's not. No, no, no. You're, you're nev- yeah. definitely not nailing. Oh, my 100%. gosh. Could you imagine Simon Cowell being in a Shrek movie? That'd be so that would be insane. Crazy. It's almost like exist. he cameoed in one and then they gave him an entire DVD bonus feature. Man, too bad I had a VHS. Unfortunate. Yeah, but Shrek, I think, is a great starting point for if people are looking at playing something a little bit off track. Now, depending on your table and the home that your uh, the home world that your DM has set up, this might be a little bit hard in most games because like certain worlds are very diverse on purpose for good reason. Um, so it might not be like a, a class race thing, but I think somewhere where you were talking about with like having like lycanthropy or vampirism or something of that nature, if you're going for a sci-fi game, maybe having like a parasite or something. But I think Shrek is a really good point of first of all. 
he had his call to action, which was, I just want people to leave me alone. Get out of my swamp. <laughs> Get out of my swamp. And that call to action really like is a an interesting point of his character that kind of affects the entirety of his story. And I think that is a great point for reluctant monsters themselves because like it wasn't a grand quest for Shrek, right? Like he only no. went and saved the princess because he wanted people to leave him alone. Yeah, to get result A, he needed to do B, C, and D, uh, which was B present in uh, what's the what's the name of the Far- Lord Farquaad's place? Lord Farquaad, yeah, because it's a play on the on the word fuckwad. Oh, is it? Yeah, no, no I haven't seen the movie, but um, he went there. No, no you and saw Shrek one go... and three. You said he was in the second one, right? No, Fuckwad uh, dies at the end. <laughs> oh, no, he died in the end? Oh, man. Remember he gets eaten by the dragon? Oh, I didn't finish the movie. Eh, oh, man. no. Okay. I only watched the Smash Mouth part. That's all I was there for. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, he had to go to the castle and then had to go save the princess uh, and then clear out. I guess, No, I guess he lied because he was supposed to get his house cleared out, but then didn't because no, yeah. Lord Farquaad lied. He's an um, asshole. Yeah, or he's a Farquaad. Yeah, because I think that really colored the entirety of his story and that how people talk to him. Like, can you think of like some moments where Shrek being a reluctant monster, the monster part of it being more important because we kind of very well covered the reluctant part, where that really like changed the story and affected it and why that might be like a play pattern people would like? Yes. So when Shrek was entering uh, Dulop for the first time and there was the dude that had the large like bobblehead of Lord Farquaad, just saw Shrek and Donkey walking up to the, the palace and proceeded to, I think they followed the entire like. Uh, oh yeah, line they did the entire line to the like amusement park uh, type of kingdom. But uh, just on Shrek walking up, he really was just standing there with a donkey, not really doing anything. Uh, and the guy was so scared of him, he couldn't even just ask what he was needing or like asking for help or anything like that, uh, and ran away. Um, it's not necessarily a reluctance for the monster for this other example, but obviously the beginning when all the villagers come and try and attack him. And he basically sets up his whole like, Hey, get out of my swamp. What are you doing here? Um, And is able to just scare them away basically by playing into that. But he knows deep down in his uh, onion layered heart that he just wants to be in a swamp and not really bother with anybody else. Yeah. Because we see that basically every single time he interacts with a commoner or a new NPC, he, Steps up on the wrong foot. Like um, when he meets Duloc, when he meets the king and the queen in the second movie that you never saw, um, when he meets any of the princesses, every single one of them reacts to him in a very similar way. But that also colors the characters that we know are going to be interesting and integral to the story later are the ones who don't react that way. So mm-hmm. like as stand in for party members, we see like Fiona and Donkey. Like Fiona didn't love that he was an ogre that was one of the main like issues with their first you know meeting but she Mm -hmm. didn't ultimately have too big of an issue with it and donkey just you know is donkey Donkey's there he's he's cool he's chill donkey's definitely the uh, yes donkey's the bard is what i was about to say yeah and not for the singing but anyway uh fiona had uh not even known that shrek was a monster he was just in a like he had like a helmet on or something yeah, he, had, right? he had the knight's so helmet on he had like all the ash on his face and everything too so she couldn't really see what he looked like uh and i think even after that she was not scared obviously because of her own backstory um but that definitely i think made an impact on shrek where it wasn't something that someone was scared of him for helping and he helped and was able to do something and not have them like recoil in any type of fear uh obviously too because fiona is very 
capable on her own doesn't really need to be saved in most Absolutely, cases yeah, yeah. um for uh uh for herself but um definitely nice being able to say like hey i've worked and did this and i'm not scaring people away and also donkey's here um, i think shrek is a really good example of a reluctant monster who leaned into it and then still gained the trust of people around him which is a really cool way for that to go but i think talking about another big green monster who i would count as a reluctant as a reluctant monster um, the Hulk is kind of the opposite of that. So Marvel's Hulk from comics. And now we're not talking about the character of Bruce Banner who turns into the Hulk. I'm talking about like the actual Hulk himself, you know, the character with his own personality and intelligence and things like that. Yeah. With the Hulk being its own character uh, and obviously the, the identity being separate from Banner, obviously there's future stuff. Uh, I think like where they fuse together and become yes, professor Hulk thing. Uh, but for the most part in the beginning of the Hulk movies and everything like that, when Bruce turned into the Hulk, didn't remember anything that happened. So that would be a really cool trope to like try and RP something like that. Where if you oh, absolutely. turn into a monster, you don't remember any any bit of combat. So like say you're a, a blood hunter, just that's the easiest way of transforming that I can. Actually, I think um for for me, I think Blood Hunter's a really good one. But honestly, like I think it'd be really interesting if we we're gonna translate this to D D to maybe do like every time you go into your barbarian rage. Oh, barbarian rage. I totally forgot barbarians were a class. Sorry, uh Travis. Um, but yes, so yeah, anytime a barbarian would go into rage, that would be cool to just have like blind fury rage, but like even memory blindness. <laughs> you don't know what happened during that whole combat. Uh, that actually so might be the next barbarian like I play. That's awesome. Pivotal stuff. Like obviously if you learn some grave weakness of the the big bad and they escape and your party is mortally not mortally wounded necessarily but maybe all uh, knocked out at that point in everyone's time. knocked out and then you learn something in your rage but you're in a rage so when you pop out of it you don't remember and so your party's like well we'll never know how to beat this person but only in combat do you have those keen senses so like with the the hulk as a character right we talk about like for banner that's complete that's just like going dark but for Hulk, he's generally A, pissed off about something, and B, wants everyone else to leave him alone while he's pissed off about that thing, right? Yep. I think the Hulk knows that he is very strong uh, and wants to smash things. So that's why he tries to like self-isolate uh, mm-hmm. in those type of situations, like running super far away, jumping over canyons and things like that, being a 3D model in the two, uh, uh, a movie. Um, but I think when they are aware of that, and I guess it's like the military is the, the group that tried to like, Oh yeah. In, in, in the, the, in the incredible movie. Hulk film. Yeah. Um, cause they were trying to like capture and just, again, the main thing is just stop messing with them. <laughs> That's really it. I mean, if you leave them alone. If you look at, like, uh, Thor Ragnarok, right? Because that's the closest we've gotten to, like, a proper MCU Hulk movie, not counting The Incredible Hulk. Thor Ragnarok, the Hulk, for the first time ever, was allowed to just be a person. And remember, most of his conflicts were like, hey, I exist on this planet, and everyone loves me. And every time I was with the Avengers, everybody only wanted Banner. They didn't want me because they thought I was too stupid and too dumb and too strong and too angry. One-track-minded. One-track-minded. for the party <laughs> yes so in Hul- uh the hulk ragnarok yes that's the name of the movie uh really it's just planet hulk pretty much is the it is the planet hulk film yes and in that movie like you said being able to embrace the the hulky part of himself that lets him fight and do combat and get praised Ooh, for it unlike <laughs> yeah hulky. 
<laughs> I don't know. Is that uh, get in the no, comments? You're is right, a better you're word, right, Sean. Right. Let me know. Taking, taking that like the Hulk part of his personality and really getting letting that be a character who isn't just like reluctantly in the background is a big part of that story. Yeah, in that case, Banner was the was the backup uh, in this scenario because you'd really on that planet you don't need to have a degree in uh, gamma radiation, whatever uh, that doctor guy does, uh, and his stuff. I've never read the books; I've only just seen the played the two thousand one video game. Um, but the uh, character of Hulk being able to express himself in that way that also is cool. So you could even work with your DM to say like, "Hey, I want to be a." A monster here that is oh, doesn't really make much sense. I don't know about that because that's not reluctant um, to play that as the trope. Like I'm, I'm trying to think. Well, of the like, thing is, is like it, it, it's more the character being reluctant, not the player. So the player can lean into all of this as much as you want. That's true. Yeah, um, it would be cool to have like a. I don't know if your DM would want you to have a whole like Planet Hulk type arc for your character, unless you want one. Obviously, you can. They can do whatever. The game's made up, and the rules don't matter. Um, but <laughs> the idea of that i think would be pretty cool i'd love to play a uh, barbarian that's just like hey i get to be the king of this area and then if you also do the blind rage thing where you don't know what happens you're just like wait why am i in this throne room <laughs> oh yeah you just wake up three years later oh, like gosh that's so, so essentially cool. you bards lament your character you know your character goes away for three years the party yep. finds them and then you come back and you're like i have no idea what's happened in the last three years people have my there's like five statues of me in this building and i don't know what's going on please help me no, I think that's like all of this is very ripe for the taking when it comes to the idea of playing a reluctant monster character. And we've talked about like a lot of like very physical things with these characters. So we talk about essentially we've talked about two muscular green giants thus far. Yep. So this is kind of what like now, obviously, it's not this way anymore for good reason. But this is kind of what it used to be like to play like a more monstrous race, like a uh, like a, uh, a goblin or an orc or things like that. Very obviously for good reason. That is not the case. Yeah, because if, that this, is if you're actively doing a lot this of now, yeah. <laughs> you better be a award-winning writer with the storyline of a lifetime to make this exactly. a good reason to do these things. Uh, and even then, maybe just don't do it. That seems much easier uh, and just have a fun story instead. So if you're wanting to get a play experience like this without going into like problematic areas, like having it based off of a character's race, um, you know, i.e. Shrek, uh, you're not going to be playing Shrek like how shrek exists um you're probably going to be doing more like hulk like what we've talked about with like the blind rage of like when i'm in my rage people don't want to talk to me they want to uh they want to treat the other personality as like something different and that's something that feels very reluctant monster or um a character that i threw on this list is one that i know that you matt are not aware of but i thought that might be good for us talking about it so i can explain this character to you yes um i am a big fan of a very bad anime called legend of legendary heroes what a redundant name it's a very redundant name (laughs) but it's also a very redundant anime and nobody needs to watch it i just really it's already on my list i got it (laughs) already i'm adding it to my list right now i already put it on your funimation list oh dang oh joy (laughs) (laughs) but um the main character reiner loot uh both i and the website uh tv tropes would consider him to be a reluctant monster so Uh, In this world, there's like all kinds of different magic systems, which I really appreciate. Like different countries will have different styles of casting spells and things like that. Reiner is um, born with a stigma in this world, with a glyph that appears behind one of his eyes. Um, And essentially, this gives him really cool superpowers. Like he can look at any spell and instantly know how to deconstruct it and make it himself. 
Oh, However, this comes with the cost of every once in a while, if he's in grave danger, he'll turn into a giant murderous rage demon and start just blasting the countryside indiscriminately. Oh, wow. Okay. But is it worth it? I would say yes. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I would um, say yes. I would say, I would say it's worth it just a little bit. Does he know when it's when it would happen? Like, uh, roll over so that? no not to really degree, mo- anytime like- he's in yeah like he'll be like oh my god i can feel it coming everybody get away from me right now because <laughs> i might blast. kill you got a blast um but reiner loot this isn't based off of his uh race but it is born off of something uh, it is based off of something he was born with the stigma is something that he ah. like came about just from being born and it's a visual indicator that makes people treat him differently. In the story, he is feared pretty much everywhere he goes by anyone who notices the stigma. Um, and the reason that he's a reluctant monster is he is very similar to Shrek. At one point, he gets arrested and thrown in solitary confinement. And he goes sweet and spends two years just Let's in a cell go. reading books. He fucking Ultimate gamer him. mode. He, he, like, his motto is, I want to live in a world where everyone just naps, is, like, what he wants. He doesn't want anyone That's to be out fighting motto. wars. Nothing like that. Um, but the reason he's reluctant is his asshole friend is the king, and was like, hey, you're a very powerful asset. I'm going to send you on a journey to find all these magic items. He doesn't want to do that at all. Um, but I think that that's a very fun way to play something in a game where um, one of the things in D&D is... I, did you ever read the Dragon Mark UA? The Dragon Mark UA? Oh, like the... Uh, was it... I'm, I might be thinking of the tattoos from Urban. That's exactly what it is. The, the tattoos oh, it from is. Eberron. Look at oh, me. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah, I read um, the books. I think that if you're going to bring that into another setting, maybe even using that mechanically or some other feat, having something like that is a good way to give a player this experience without going into the deep without the yeah, problematic the social that dungeons and dragons is all those things of. that would come along with it um yeah I, I think that definitely would be really cool uh with the the mark that they have or the um the stigma um i almost read that as alpha sigma <laughs> i was like oh this, this, this dude's a chat um but uh yeah he has the alpha stigma stigma it, so you said it's a visual thing that's behind the eye yeah is it visually behind the eye like it's covering like a so like uh, if you look at the eye it's behind the iris behind the pupil so like you can see it looking at them yeah yeah, yeah. okay i didn't know if it was something you had to like be of magical power no no no. normal people anytime he uses magic can see it okay so when he's not using magic though normal dude looking i'm pretty sure he is pretty normal looking um but he's using obviously aside from like the he has different color hair because he's an anime character that's actually he has brown hair it's pretty tame what you're lying this is oh man no, it's you his friend. Who's the, uh, his friend is the blonde knight in uh, in pink and purple armor. Oh, what's their show? <laughs> they show like the the story of the storyful story hero person assistant because that's not very. I mean, I will say again, the title is very bad. The Legend of Legendary Heroes is very redundant. Yeah, uh, and also, <laughs> this is not an anime heroes. that anyone needs to watch. But if you do, it is know. really there with a lot of story inspiration though to pull from this like reluctant hero thing. Um, so. There is something that Matt and I are watching through right now <laughs> that I Ooh. don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so fun fact for the audience. Matt is the person who convinced me to start watching One Piece, the anime. You're welcome. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. What did I say? It, everyone thinks it's a hassle until you start enjoying it. And you're like, what? This is 
why didn't I start this sooner? So if you haven't started One Piece, the it's animation gets better. <laughs> and you can honestly just watch the movie to, if you want to just speed run it. If you if you are planning on watching One Piece, spoilers for like 300 episodes in, which is not even <laughs> a third of the way through the show. Yeah, I think it was like episode 290, like 7 or something when it happens. Or um, 290. There is a character, and he, he's the best character in the show. His name is Tony Tony Chopper. And Ooh. I love him. We love Tony Tony Chopper. He's going to cure all diseases. Yeah, Tony Tony Chopper is definitely a character um, that, again, spoilers, and Aaron doesn't know how this is going to turn out, uh, that every, well, no, actually, we can we don't even have to talk about that new thing. It's oh, we can talk about him just being a blue-nosed there. reindeer. Yeah, a blue-nosed reindeer <laughs> that ate a human-human fruit that allowed him to become bipedal and turn into like a large Yeti-looking type creature uh, in like a snowy village where... If you can't really see something that well and it's you're in the snowy mountains, you're going to assume it's a Yeti. Uh, yep. So they think it's a monster and they're like, ah, get away, monster. And this dude's just a little reindeer, doesn't know nothing, <laughs> now has to be ostracized by a whole town. Yeah, it, it, with most people who are not weird, like the main cast or other pirates they come across, they oh. go, oh, shit, that's a fucking talking reindeer. Yep, We're going to treat him different. Or raccoon dog. Or raccoon dog, or gorilla man, whenever he's in his big form, because Frankie yep. calls him that. Um, but I think Chopper is a different take on a reluctant monster, and uh, you actually suggested Chopper for this conversation, so do you want to go into that a little bit more? Yeah, um, I think with Chopper, uh, especially, if, again, if we were classing out the Straw Hat crew, uh, not going into everybody, but specifically Chopper, I would say, uh, is a cleric. Uh, or a healer of some kind uh, that can also still do damage because clerics are powerhouses. Um, but uh, you could even flavor that to have all their magical healing be just medical things um, that are able to be used. But uh, Chopper himself has these different forms that he can change into, sweet as can be, and is just a super nice character in any social situation. But because of the experiences he had to go through, being ostracized not only by a village but even when he was a reindeer because he had a blue nose which is like i'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he's cousins with rudolph or something but uh that l- made him learn to just be alone and be okay with being alone for the most part uh and then he get, if he gets close to people he just thinks that they're going to ostracize him again so he doesn't really get too close at the end of the day um, i mean but- that's even more reinforced with like his father figure hero luke right because hero luke yeah. tried to push him away same as everybody else yeah Though that for was more his for his good. protection yeah, yeah for, his, for his protection in that case because he didn't want to to see what was going to happen but um definitely and, and hero luke used that to his benefit to say like hey i'm doing this for your own good he didn't say that to him but uh knew that he could i guess in that case manipulate chopper to for Anyone who's not watched the show, Hero Luke is the doctor who adopted uh, uh, Chopper when he was all in his lonesome, right, Matt? Yes, and uh, healed him up and taught him how to become a doctor and basically trained him and taught him everything he knows and became his father figure. Uh, then ultimately, due to story events, uh, did not want Chopper to be with him because he knew he would be in danger. Uh, well, it was so less he was he, in danger. It was more that Hero Luke was dying, right? That's danger, I would imagine. That's, I'm, yeah, Chopper would have been left. The, the, more like the danger of Sad, as I think what he's trying to protect him from. At the end of the day, yeah. But um, basically, in this case, uh, he did not want to have Chopper see him uh, die because of the sickness that he had. So he used what he knew would get Chopper to go away and started to uh, scare him away, call him names and things like that, and just basically shoo him off so that uh, Chopper would go be somewhere else and Harlick would be able to pass on his own and, and protect chopper from not seeing that happen 
little did the show know that's what not, that's not that's how that goes. Yeah, that's not how it goes uh, at all. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Chopper gets a lot closer to his death than he intended. hundred <laughs> percent. But um, it, it's definitely a uh, uh, great show. You should watch it hundred percent. But that character uh, idea would definitely be a fun one to play in a game. Um, and they have these other abilities that eventually escalate to being something even more, even that Chopper doesn't know what, what, uh, happens with this hundred percent. Um, and that's in the later episodes. I won't talk more on that because Aaron's really close to seeing what that is. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll not spoil it for him. <laughs> it really sucks that we got to this like two days ago is when we yep. hit these episodes. And I'm like, Oh, that would yep. be perfect for the reluctant monsters episode. Uh, you didn't know you'd be fishing at the bottom of the barrel. No, I mean, Hey, again. bottom of the barrel. You were the second person I talked to <laughs> again, but the last person you wanted, right? No, and no you said I it yourself. That you was you quote. Hey, can we run this back? Speaking, uh, Matt, you have been in every single episode of the podcast thus far. Future editing, Aaron, go ahead and cut to yourself doing the intro again where you stated that you did not want me here. This is the, the, the last person that you wanted. Just go ahead and play it. Three, two, one. Bottom of the barrel boy, literally the first person who offered. Last person I wanted. Matt Tankins, once again, here to everyone's dismay. Thank you so much. Point I mean, proven. I did say that, but I also then immediately recounted that you made me read it. So. Uh, but you at know. the same time, uh, no, I didn't. See, I just said I didn't. So, <laughs> dang, sucks to suck, man. That's so. If wild. you were gonna, if you were gonna play a chopper s character, a reluctant monster, somebody who like society just puts you on the fringe, and you just want to do good, what are you? What are you doing? Like, give me, give me some some pitches for characters you would run in like D and D games. Yeah. So, if I wanted to play a chopper esque character, I would play someone who. Uh, say they were at a like a cleric that went to a church, did all these type of um, like healing magics and powers and stuff like that. And then something happened at the church, either out of their control or something that they were uh, toying with because they didn't know. They read a book or something that was, uh, let's say, like necromantic and was like a frowned upon type of magic in that uh, church or society. And that either made that entirety of the church or like that organization uh, become something much worse on the outside, uh, obviously people knowing what happened, like, Oh, my character just read the wrong book and made a mistake. And we understand that and we forgive them for it. But everyone on the outside is like, yo, that's a bad building. Or like they do evil stuff there. Uh, you give me a weird look. I don't know if that's my, I right should track. put you on the spot more often. This is dope. I'm here oh, for this. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So they like, okay, I'll keep going then. Cause you, for the visual, uh, I was just like, no one has, Aaron was looking at me and making a weird face, and I was like, "Am I saying something I, wrong? What's going no, on?" No, it was good. I'm um, here for this. I, okay, dude, I'll keep it going. I'll keep character. it going. So uh, they grab a book, read something wrong. The church looks uh, bad on the outside, and then this character wants to prove the whatever the bad thing was that they did. They want to fix it, make it right. So they go on their own little journey, leave the church, and then uh, as they go around everywhere else, their religious symbol, which on surface level, if anyone just read any like history book, they'd say like, "Oh, the Church of." ABC or whatever is a uh, uh, holy church that heals and does all these things. But any recent history books would say, Oh, they're bad. But so they're just walking around with their holy symbol. They know what the, they know what's right. Cause they are obviously there and have the context, but anyone else that sees them trying to heal somebody would be like, Oh, don't heal them. They're that's evil magic. And really it's not, they just made a mistake and they're trying to fix it. So you're doing these things and trying to go heal and help the, the poor and hungry and, and people that are hurt and try and make a better name for your community uh, and basically right the wrongs that you've been made by mistake. 
uh, and get them corrected. And you'll have to work on your with that. So <laughs> that idea. One of the DM, things but. that I like about this character that's different than the other <laughs> reluctant monsters that we've talked about is this was not something that naturally occurred to the character. They brought this on themselves, but yep. is also not something that was like it was of their own consequence, but it wasn't something they intended. And I find that was very interesting that because that's a super compelling point of this, because everyone we've discussed was kind of. I guess the Hulk wasn't, but really what we were talking about is the Hulk as an entity was born that way, right? Yeah. We talk about mm, like... Even better, really up? quick, just to interject, not to go into the whole entire storyline of it, but I just this just came to mind with uh, accidental reluctancy, things like this. Um, honestly, it's exactly what I was just describing. Uh, Alphonse Elric. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just a big old... Right? 100%. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Alphonse, Alphonse Elric. Elric is this terrifying suit of armor that people treat differently and with respect in a lot of cases. It's less like yeah. the, the outside, monster thing. Outside looking in, you it just looks yeah. like a suit of armor, but if and the helmet falls anyone off, Anyone who like, finds out that he's on. a ghost is like... Hold on. Yeah, this is no. bad alchemy. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm not taking back my character because that's a good idea, but I did just, I think, describe what no, Metal great. Alchemist was about. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Uh, I so good that my voice cracked when we were talking about it. Yeah, um, if you want to redo, no, that, we're not yeah. redoing any of that. Okay, that's okay, great. Okay, okay. It was such a genuine reaction. It was very good. Um, yeah, I think that like that is such a great place to go from this because we've been talking about like a lot of reluctant monsters that are born this way. You know, Shrek, uh, things like that, and how you want to play it. Like Reiner Lute was born that way with the stigma and things like that. But having a character who maybe that's your plot hook into the campaign. Right. You have a character where it's like the you committing the sin is what brings the party together. If yeah, we're talking like about like full metal alchemist. Or like an afterthought or something yeah. like that that gets you there. But then your actual story is you trying to redeem whatever occurred or whatever happened. One hundred percent. Because like if you look at like full metal, if it was like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, you've mm-hmm. got. Uh, Alphonse and Edward, right? Who who do the the quote quote unquote sin, the taboo of alchemy, and then that immediately brings together the party because then you have characters like Roy Mustang and Riza Hawkeye who were immediately mm-hmm. like sent to check on what happened, and that right yep. there, assuming the the plot didn't go the way it ended up going, which is all of them splitting and like having their mm-hmm. storylines and things like that, that could be a great shoe in right there for a campaign. Correct. I'm trying to think of what's her name. The, Which one? Winry? Winry. That's it. Dang there it. There you go. Uh, my brain was just like, I got to say the thing about the artificer lady. Uh, and she is an artificer. 100%. Um, oh, and then, oh, man, I'm just thinking about Full Metal now. What's her name with the, uh, her legs have the daggers or swords on them? Um, oh, she's super from, cool. She's, she's from the first, like, 15 episodes. She's super early in the in the show. Uh, Panina uh, with the, she's like the swords for the in, legs. Uh, right? In Rush Valley. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the name of the canyon play. Yeah, Valley Canyon, same thing. But uh, that's an, also an artificer slash like fighter dex based kind of thing because they stab people with their legs, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I think th- there's so many different party members that they interact with overall, uh, which I think is cool. Isn't it Fong is another one too? That was like a monk warrior. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then is there's that- uh, there's Ling as well, who's uh, with them uh, and yes. Greed. Like, Honestly, if you look at any of the sins from that uh, from that show, they're all just D and D characters. Uh, Honestly, the sins that's that's the D and D party. <laughs> they're the D and D party <laughs> trying D&D to do campaign, something. dude. Yeah. I'm here for that. And then campaign. they just get wrecked the whole time. 
Um, well, uh, sometimes they win. Who knows? But uh, you got to watch the show. Now, we're not going to go in depth on a lot of these other character concepts, but I think it might be fun to like read out some of the other characters that we recognize that, that are listed on like the TV tropes page, which, yeah. uh, you know what? I might link in the, you know what? No, I will. I will link this in the Spotify of description. Course. Why would we not? Because exactly. tvtropes.org, fans of the show, lifelong. Definitely. Supporters. They definitely love me. I've definitely interacted with them a ton. 100%. You know, 100%. That was sarcastic and legally a joke. Um, we have to say that. Oh yes, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> they actually a character I'm surprised we didn't talk about from DBZ Fat Booze on here. Uh, I didn't think you watched very much DBZ to I for me to a dip into bit. that. Uh, that's why. That's enough, why I didn't exactly. go into it. I watched enough to bit. know who Majin Buu was. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. Oh, uh, I know this one totally. Uh. Yes. So another character that I saw, but I know you didn't watch any Naruto. Okay. Uh, was Gara from that Is show? This the sand guy. Uh. Yeah. This is the character that okay. Liam played. Uh, and their whole like hesitancy thing was they have um, similar to uh, Naruto, uh, which I, I don't know if you've seen any part of Naruto. I've seen um, about seven episodes of Naruto across every different era because that's the amount of times I've tried to watch Naruto. Oh boy. Okay. Well, the long story short, Naruto has a uh, nine-tailed fox demon inside of him uh, that is uh, it destroyed his village when he was a baby, and then it was put inside of him because you know plot reason story. Uh, but uh, he's a reluctant monster because he just wants to have friends, but everyone thinks he's a monster because they know what's inside of him uh, from the past actions that this this demon did. Um, but Gara, um, uh, Liam O'Brien's character, is in a similar situation, has a, a tailed beast, but they have the one-tailed beast that uh, basically it represents, I think it's like his mother. He has mom problems, I don't know. But uh, he is also very in the same pool as Naruto where he just wants to live his life and do his thing but that stigma that is put on him from the the creature that beast being within him uh makes it harder for that to happen um and so he uses like sand um jutsus and stuff like that it's really cool but um basically he makes like this armor and this big giant version of that uh tailed beast that's um uh very scary and monstrous that everyone's uh, fearful of that's awesome um yeah no that actually sounds really cool see if that was the lead-in for naruto maybe it's i would have watched though. naruto you're not gonna watch it's not, it. just it's not exactly just keep watching one piece uh another character they have listed is susan from monsters versus aliens <laughs> you know the the big tall lady do you want to watch monsters versus aliens the movie? um that has uh <laughs> yeah it's got the um the little like jelly guy that's like yeah seth yeah, rogan. Seth rogan. yeah, yeah I, i've only He's seen bomb. it on the trailers because you're just like <laughs> i'm seth rogan i'm a jelly guy i don't know <laughs> that was a uh, really good seth rogan laugh. <laughs> I, I don't know uh i i don't uh i don't think i've seen that it was a dreamworks movie right uh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was, yeah, not, it's like it was definitely movie. not disney <laughs> Uh, I, I, like, if you want to go with a more, like, classical example, and I think this will probably be our last example for the podcast, is uh, Medusa is a big one. Oh, yeah. I forgot there was the other categories that they had. Uh, and I'd seen Medusa, but uh, didn't want to, like, stray far from, like, the uh, animated. Oh, you know, I just, like, uh, I mean, that, that might be, stuff. like, your wheelhouse. I just figured we'd, we'd name them out there because we don't have to go in detail. But, yeah, Medusa, like, being cursed to be a monster and then just being like yep. yo i don't actively want to kill people i'm just gonna go live in a cave and if they yep. come and at if me you they come die. to me that's a, yeah that's yeah it. you forfeit he's right there no reflective shields allowed oh no yet. definitely not um but i think that's like that's a good kind of 
point to let people get a grasp on what a reluctant monster is. Thank you, Matt, for last moment, just like totally going on this spur of the moment deep dive with me. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, um, anytime. Really quickly, one more time. Can you give everybody where they can find you? And as yeah, your manager, course. I'm making sure that you actually do this. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'd like to, if you could, uh, <laughs> this is thinking way outside the box, as I'm saying this this outro and where to find me, uh, start to add like an echoey reverb to it. Like I'm getting back to the bottom of the barrel where I dwell uh, I, uh, naturally. I'll see what I can do. It's If if not, it's fine. You can cut that out uh, if it doesn't work. But <clears throat> yes, I am uh, Matt Tickens or Matt Tickles. I can find me on Twitter, Matt Tickles, where I post all my songs and uh, periods that I make about Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, other video games I can potentially move into. And I just released a song called Schedule. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, check it out. It's a very important game. I've always uh, had trouble scheduling games with your friends and playing tabletop games and events. You will 100% relate to the song. No troubles and woes that I had to go through writing it. Uh, but I hope you enjoy it very much. Uh, you can find it on TikTok as well. I post all of these too. Uh, thank you again for having me. I'll go back to my partner. <laughs> it's only three steps it's not that deep of a barrel it's a shallow I mean, barrel the fact that you have to do three steps to get in the barrel is pretty funny yeah i mean i don't know good 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 um well, well, two, two steps are a walk up and then one step into the barrel <laughs> try to outro us matt <laughs> yeah thank you so much for joining me matt um remember for anyone who listens to the show if you want to hear episodes early every monday at 7 p.m pst over on patreon.com slash obsidian olive uh, and if you want to hear it at the normal time, you're probably listening to it after it releases on Tuesday at 11 a.m. PST over on Spotify. Uh, thank you so much to Red Queen Hales for our wonderful cover art. Thank you, Matt, once again for all of our lovely theme music that we oh, use and started playing right now. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for coming. Bye. How mad are you going to be when those two things don't work out?